most of the chances we created today um, and uh, we did change the shape of the team after 10 minutes of the second half. Um, we had, a, uh, I think after the first 26 minutes, a, a poor performance in possession but never looking like we were going to concede a goal until the assistant referee and the referee allowed the opposition to take a goal off a, off a blatant offside. But then there's a, the ultimate sin is when you're in the ascendancy, make sure you can, you know, concentrate at the back and, you know, one ball punted out by Everton who were under pressure by us and ended up being the, the winning goal. So it's very disappointing on, on two fronts there that, uh, from our point of view. Hello, we're back. Welcome to the Knees at Mother Brown West Ham podcast. It's episode 11 of volume three. And um, since last we spoke, we drew against Everton. Uh, uh, no, sorry, we drew against Villa and we lost against Everton and it was depressing. But we're here to cheer you up with a multitude of great guests, starting firstly with James Longman. Yes, hello. In the studio. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. It feels hey. like ages ago. We yeah, the last one. Well, you've had another haircut since the last one as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. yes, yeah, the know. passage of time. <laughs> but also, guess what? In the studio, the second ever female we've had in the studio with us, Bianca Westwood from Sky Sports. Oh, hi guys. The second. The second. second. And guess who was the first? The West Ham ladies captain. Wow, yeah. well, that is good. So, I'm very so impressed. I leave our piece. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm popping my uh, podcast cherry tonight, guys, so yeah. go easy on me. Yeah? yeah, pleasure to have you here. <laughs> and also popping his podcast cherry for us, Steve Lomas. Lomas. <laughs> we'll be popping his cherry a bit later on. Yeah, we got Lomas on the blower. I know, and not only that, we're jam-packed this, this evening because we've also got Cosmo Vinyl, who's the old manager of The Clash, long-time associate. He does the artwork for the podcast. He's coming on a bit later. Yeah, well, I was trying to explain to Bianca what the artwork is. It's quite difficult, isn't it? It's kind of like, yeah, like punk, pop art. Pope. Punk. Yeah. yeah, I like the look of it though. It's, yeah, it's quite good. funny, quite funny stuff. Hmm. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be uh, talking to Lomas, talking to Cosmo Vinyl. We'll be talking about the nil-nil with Villa, the defeat to Everton. Um, we'll do some West Ham animals. We've got a Christian Daily update coming up in a <laughs> second. Uh, and then lastly, we'll touch on Winston Reid, who it looks like is off in the summer. But uh, we'll talk about that a bit later on. But let's begin with uh, some feedback. Uh, firstly, we had an email from James Wilson. He said, uh, Gents, I heard you read out an email from someone from abroad a couple of weeks ago. Said they had been infected by Jingle James' single burst of laughter. I thought I would let you know that I too have been infected with this laugh. I'm currently living in China and I'm pretty sure I've been infected. I've even infected one of the Americans I'm working with here as well. It really is going worldwide. I think it might be the Ebola of laughter and James is patient zero. Wow. I, I mean, thanks to the podcast, living out of England for a while now, it's always good to hear some proper accents. James, I put that to you. Your laughter is infectious. <laughs> well, it's, well, there's kind of compliments in there's, <laughs> You know, you give with one hand, take with the other one. Essentially, that's a shit sandwich. <laughs> Again, another, <laughs> another shit sandwich. Anytime you get complimented, there is barbed, isn't it? Yeah. It is always barbed. I it's, haven't oh, heard this. Can I get a little sort of burst? I can't. Of, I can't not yeah, you can't Oh, right. You can't. You'll, can't you'll catch it. <laughs> so that, that's the <laughs> only thing you catch in this booth. This tiny booth. But thank you, uh, James Wilson. Yeah, all right. Okay, now it's moving on to the feature that... Again, everyone is talking about this. It's time for... <laughs> All right, it's West Ham Animals! <laughs> We've had uh, Gary Stewart, who contributed with this. Danny Gabadonkey. I like that. That's one. good, actually. Literally yeah. ones of people have been talking <laughs> no, about no, this. No, I'm just saying, again, I've picked the best. <laughs> yeah, OK. I've picked the best. OK. Uh, he says, Louis, Louis Boa Constrictor Morte. 
uh, Robert Greenfly. Yeah. That was the end of his contribution. But also Mike Shearing now. I'm going to rattle through these because they're all bird related. So he spent right. a lot of time on this. Paolo Aves, Neil Ruddy Duck and Pelican Ruddy Duck, Winston Reed Warbler, Mike Marsh Warbler, Alan McKnight Jar, Matthew Thrush, uh, Alan Lark, <laughs> Alvin House Martin, uh, Stephen Bywaterfowl, Robbie Storkdale, Marlon, Marlon Harewood, Neil Ork, Matthew Etherinstern, Tony Nightingale, John Moncurlu, Nigel Rio Kookaburra, Heron Greenwood Pecker, and Bobby Moorhen. He's a Twitcher, obviously. I know. He needs to get out more as well, <laughs> to be Twi- fair. Twitch is one word for it. No, I did actually. I enjoyed Nigel Rio Kookaburra. I can't even yeah. say it, but that's that's. Uh, that, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on, big guy. I think I think at I the appreciate end of the that, effort. We might have to draw an end to West Ham animals after that. I think we've reached the limit. Well, I thought we'd already drawn an end to it. <laughs> well, I'm so surprised. And then this email came in, <laughs> um, and at one feature we thought we'd seen the end of. I have seen Christian Daly. However, we've got some fresh news because just as we were chatting now, Bianca is on the case. On I, um, Tell our listeners where I, we are with the, the thought, hunt for daily. I thought I'd do a bit of digging for you, having yeah. listened to your last few podcasts. And uh, I spoke to Laura at West Ham in the press office. Yeah. She doesn't have his number anymore. <laughs> it's off the grid. So I dark. thought, right, I'm going to have to speak to some big guns. So I called Tony Cotty. He didn't have his number either, but he's on the case. Wow. So he said he can go through a friend. He asked me what it was for. I didn't tell him exactly what it was for, <laughs> just in case he said no. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's uh, he's going to find out for me. I okay. love the idea of Daly not like going off the grid. <laughs> like Bauer. Yeah, he's yeah, like Jack Bauer. <laughs> you can't trace him down. He's got no passports or nothing. He just yeah. exists. It's, it's he just survives. It's like, about him, yeah. isn't it? It's like layer cake. We'll get, we'll get towards the end of like leaving Bowling Ground. We found out well, no one actually knew Christian Daly's real name. It was a non de guerre. I reckon one time we'll be doing this in here and he'll just come out the wall. <laughs> and he's been disguised he's as, been there as a speaker. All along. <laughs> <laughs> but also, hang on, James, you were just saying now Ben Shepherd, celebrity booker for Knees at Mind Brown, yeah. the podcast. He's on the case as well. What have you yeah. got? Well, he got Christian's number and texted him, but he's not sure. There was no response. He's not sure (laughs) his number anymore. Again. Did he tell him what it was for? No. (laughs) I get the impression he's not really a big media kind of guy, and so he he likes to keep a low profile. I think the direction we wanted to take it was all all our listeners have been saying where they've spotted him and see if he remembers any of the occasions. One one time he was pushing a pram eating an ice cream or a cornetto (laughs) on holiday in Portugal. I saw McGlassenbury. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, the hunt for Christian Daly continues. continues. Yeah, so, okay. Loch Ness. <laughs> Loch Ness monster. <laughs> well, I've never seen him. Really? Apart from when he was playing on the pitch, no. Never so. seen Did you even see him on the pitch? <laughs> Does oh. it exist? I'm not sure it exists. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> Hope he doesn't listen to this. No, I, love, I used to love Christian. Well, I still love Christian Daly. Yeah, he's I a car actually. hero. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, the hunt continues. He's like Kaiser if, Soze. If you've seen him, <laughs> Kaiser Soze, I mean, Christian Daly. <laughs> with all these, <laughs> with all these spots of Christian Daly, why haven't we had one recently? Someone could go just approach him <laughs> with caution. He's yeah. got a lot of alter egos. <laughs> Hasn't he? He's got a lot of alter egos. Kaiser Soze, yeah, yeah, layer yeah. cake. Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> approach with caution. Christian. Do not feed Christian Daly. <laughs> Do not feed the Christian Daly. <laughs> um, okay, if you see him, podcast at kmb.com. Just get his number. Just get his number. If you see him in a nightclub, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't tell him why you want his number. Um, all right, let's move on. Do you know Arnold Schwarzenegger when he no. hides from Predator? Yeah. And like in all the mud. 
That's Christian Daly. If you think you spot him and suddenly... Oh, this isn't a weird conversation at all. Um, All right, let's talk about the Villa game. Um, It was West Ham nil, Villa nil. A really frustrating day, um, Bianca. Um, Did you expect us to get something out of that game? I did, actually. um, Simply because Villa haven't sort of been doing brilliantly Mm. this season. And... uh, because of the form that we're in and, you know, firing on all cylinders, I, I really thought we'd take something more from the game, but um wasn't to be on this occasion. Yeah, uh, Joe's pretty frustrating, especially the last five minutes was just crazy. Yeah. We were it, all over him. It, it's, in a way, it's quite flattering that teams will come and put all their men behind the ball now. So I've got to appreciate when you're scoring mm. so many goals, <laughs> when you're when you're near the top, yeah. teams part the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Flat back ten. Has it come to this? Has it come to this? Well, they were playing in Champions League spots, mate. You come to expect this kind of this behaviour. It was frustrating. Yeah, yeah. But it was nice to see Andy Carroll came. We'll talk about Andy Carroll a bit more in a second. But he came back in that game and he looked a threat immediately. Bianca, he seemed like he hadn't missed a beat. Yeah, I think he's been itching to come back for so long. He was just going to throw everything at it. And, uh, I mean, he's always been that kind of player, hasn't he? Mm. You could never sort of doubt his uh, dedication and motivation when he's on the pitch. So you kind of knew that as soon as he got back, he'd be raring to go. And I think he's proved that in the the past couple of performances he's put in. Yeah, Imagine he had scored at the end. I think I would have cried. It would have been emotional. I've always wanted him to score, though. Like, yeah. from yeah. when he very first joined, I've always wanted him to do well, even before he, he uh, signed for us. I don't know what it is about him, but, um, you know, he's, he's the typical English centre-forward and mm. you just want to see him banging a few goals away yeah. and, and yeah. sort of, you know, realising his potential at last. Yeah. yeah. I also think he's got a nice face. <laughs> I think oh, you look at that, I think you look at that face you. and you think... Oh, I want no. you to score. He, he hasn't got a nicer face than Kiate. <laughs> Kiate's face, oh, I just want to... I, I literally want to cuddle him every Bless time I see him. him. Is, it, is it Jack Sparrow, the guy in uh, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas? He's like spindly like that, but more Isn't cuddly. Jack Sparrow no, Jack Sparrow's pirate. Sparrow's pirate. <laughs> pirate. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting uh, right. Nightmare Jack Before Christmas. Christmas. No, who's the guy from Nightmare Before Christmas? I can't remember. Kiate. Kiate. <laughs> but he's got such a, all his pictures, he's just such a nice, smiley, like cuddly well, why face. Wouldn't he be? He's at West Ham, yeah, know. He's, you know, he's loving, he's loving it. it, he's uh-huh. living the life. Yeah, in right. the West Ham merchandise magazine, <laughs> there's yeah, some real beautiful. real beautiful pictures. <laughs> I know. Yeah, some zingers in there. Um, yeah, but I just want to touch on the time wasting from Aston Villa because they came out in the second half and they started time wasting straight away. I mean, again, is this a, we suffering from being in the Champions yeah. League position? This might be something we have to get used to, guys. Yeah, playing for a point, crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, straight after um, that, we had the Everton game. Uh, well, we had the international break first, in which yep. what in a treat which time, that was for us. <laughs> I know. Five injuries, Bianca, in the oh, international break. What on earth? What on earth? Well, you kind of knew it was going to happen. It, it always does. That's what Liverpool tend to. You yeah. know, the Liverpool fans always moan about that, and they'd rather they didn't play. I kind of get what where they're coming from, but I know exactly how much it means to Stuart Downing. When I interviewed him earlier on in the season, you know, he brought it up himself. It wasn't even a question that I asked him. When I spoke to Alex Song and we talked about Downing, he was like how, you know, desperate he was to get back in the England fold. Mm. So even though he was, again, played out of position, which was a bit annoying, and, and he came back with a knock, I still... You know, you can't sort of take that away from him because it was something he mm-hmm. he was really, really desperate to do. And it's, you know, realising his dream to play for England. It's yeah. nice that, that players actually still, 
feel that way about playing yeah. for their country. So it's a good thing, really, even yeah. though we've kind of suffered for it. Yeah. I mean, James, just before the international break, you said on this podcast, I'm gutted down it's been called up because I think he's going to get injured. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's your fault. Is, <laughs> I mean, you cursed it. I know I did. But I'm, it's, I agree with Bianca because it's down in and noble, actually, both always mm. talk about how much mm. I want to play for England and I'm really proud of them yeah. playing for England uh, well uh, down in playing for England and I'm, but it, it's just that unfortunate circumstances that always seem to take one of our mm. players out for weeks afterwards yeah. and you know to lose not just him but all the other guys in the international break I where know. you know they're flying off all over the world to play these matches yeah. I mean I know the the Senegal one was a big one the African nations yeah. but you know bringing on down in for 45 minutes against Scotland <laughs> And you just think, oh, it's going to happen, isn't it? And then yeah. you d- we don't know how long he's going to be out for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always that fear, you know, especially with what happened to Dean Ashton. That oh, kind of God, killed yeah. it off for him, didn't it? Yeah. I know. He so, keeps saying this way, he's 31. I know. Oh, can and you imagine what, what, what he would have done for us what he as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, in terms of interest, you had Alex Song, Kiyate, Valencia, Sacco down. It just, it's like Final Destination when these players <laughs> go away. Just one after the other. I know. Um, and to lose also those... Five of our most important players this I know. season, and the players that have been playing the best against a. At the time, it was meant to be a depleted Everton yeah. team, and they thought, "Oh yeah. God, here we go!" And to lose five mm. of our biggest players. Yeah. Was it Song and Valencia injured in the Villa game? Is that right? Is it? Is that I think right? Song I picked think up. So, yeah. yeah, or had a knock in training. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. can Instagram. I, I think he might, might have been Valencia his, in the. <laughs> might have injured his finger Instagramming. <laughs> I think it was Valencia in the um, Villa game. Right. Something happened, but they kept it quiet. I'm oh, not, okay. not quite sure why. But then, yeah, Song. I think that was in training. Right. Um, but it's a gutter. Yeah. Definitely. And last week, while we're just talking about internationals, uh, Bianca, have you talked to Mark Noble about like his England ambitions? and? Not for a long time, mm. but I can't imagine they've they've changed much. But I think he's kind of getting to the stage now where he's thinking it's it's not sure. going to happen for him. You know, yeah. the position he plays, there's, there's a bit of competition for him. Not that he's getting, he's not old as such, but, yeah. you know, I think at his age, breaking into the team is going to be... Mm, I, I just yeah it is going to be extremely tough so I, yeah. I can't see it happening um, you never know but yeah. I just think there are other players I think Huddleston would probably come in ahead of him God. if he got the the nod yeah. obviously Downing's going to be in front of him as well and then there, yeah. there are the players that actually do make the first 11 so yeah. I can't see it no sorry yeah, oh dear well we, we heard a rumour that he'd just flat out refuse to play for Ireland yeah. Well, it's right though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think uh, I, if I had a chance to play for England, I'd still hold on to. It. I don't think I'd suddenly yeah. go, "Oh, I've got a Irish grandma." <laughs> yeah. You know, I think no. it's essentially a dream is to play for your country. Yeah. yeah. I think because he's such a, he's you know he's from the area. He's, yeah. he's a very English kind of guy, isn't he? He's mm. sort of he's a Cockney. He's West Ham through and through. I just don't think he would feel genuine. Pulling mm. on an island shirt, so so props yeah. to him really for yeah. that, because well, a lot of players him. would do that yeah. just to get an international yeah. career. Yeah. Um, talking about the game itself, um, it was really controversial, wasn't it? There were so many incidents, but I guess the first one we should talk about was the offside goal, which gave Everton the lead. Um, Bianca, I mean, how has the linesman missed that? I don't know. I was fuming as much as Sam was. Mm. I, I don't know if it's the the deflection off of Reed that kind of. I don't know, sort of made the linesman think twice about it. Mm. I, I, I've honestly got no idea how someone who's that three, four yards offside mm. 
it just beggars belief, really. So I don't know. I can't answer that question. Yeah. James, any, any better? <laughs> no. I mean, it's just so frustrating. Why does it happen to us? I know. The thing is, it's not <laughs> even marginal. It's four yards offside. And, and also, and like when you look at that, what happened Everton, to us at United? Everton is such a bogey team for yeah. us. Like, yeah. You know, it's. Do you think it remarkable. must have been that deflection that, that kind of changed the linesman's mind? Yeah, it must have been. Because he can't make the decision. If the lino gives no. it, he's, he's not going to overrule the linesman for an offside yeah. decision. So I guess the ball does ping around a bit. It must be difficult to spot. Yeah, it must be difficult to spot. But at the same time... That's your job. You know, and, yeah, that is your job. And also, match of day, we're like all praising Klassenberg for the uh, advantage yeah, yeah, of play. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one decision that's <laughs> yeah. quite an easy decision to make. Yeah, exactly. What about the other 15 it appears he got, to, he got yeah. wrong? It's really odd. It's really I odd. I don't think playing right. an advantage is as important as getting that kind of decision no. wrong either. So yeah. I, they didn't really go into it too yeah. much, did they? Yeah. That's not good, is it? Not um, fair. Um, the, the next big moment, I think, was the, um, the Naismith foul on Malfatano. And Reed ended up getting booked in the melee, which yeah. means he's now out of the Newcastle game. Yeah, that was a straight red, right? Surely. Uh, oh, uh, I I don't know if it was a straight red for mm. me. I, I'm very much it's a man's game. I know that's probably yeah. a bit controversial coming from me, but, <laughs> no, but Chris isn't. <laughs> I'm all for. I'm all for like, no contact. Some, <laughs> it's good to have some testosterone in here for once. <laughs> Yeah, I'll shave my mo <laughs> earlier. Yeah, Movember. <laughs> Bianca's in a well lovely Movember. <laughs> no, but I, I, I do like to see the aggression in the game. I wouldn't yeah. like to see that disappear completely. But they were kicking lumps out for yeah. Malfatano all, all over the, the pitch. But that's what happens when you get a player who's playing so well. And he was, for me, yeah. was definitely the best player. But I don't think it was a straight red. Um, it is it is a shame that, that Reed misses out next week though, but we might have to get used to being without him anyway come, yeah. come January. So, Oh, scary thought. Mm. Um, That's why it's like having a professional on. They've actually <laughs> segued into a really interesting topic. <laughs> <laughs> I know, usually just like essentially men down the pub. I just hear myself it. in the face with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> just drooling down your jumper. Um, um, the next, the next big flashpoint was uh, Tompkins essentially dive, James. Now, I mean, I'll start with you because you were really tough on Chico Flores when he did that. I mean, we all were. Yeah. We were yep. all pretty fl- furious with it. And I mean, you have to look at what Tompkins did there and say it's no different. Yeah, I'm very What's unhappy. Reading? Very unhappy with it. Yeah. I think everyone's really. I think generally. I'm, I'm for fairness, and I, you know, no, but <laughs> I'm I am for fairness. <laughs> no, you are. But I don't, I don't, but I don't like cheating in any form. Yeah. I actually don't like cheating in any form. It really winds up. I don't like seeing our team do it. And fortunately, we generally don't cheat mm. as a mm. team. Yeah. We're pretty good, and the I, fans and I like accept that. it. Would they? And they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't accept it because mm. we, because I think as fans, we're pretty yeah. pure about that kind of thing. Yeah. And it was a. I don't think we should dig him out too much because he'll be thinking, God, I look a bit of a muppet. But, you know, it was stupid. He shouldn't have done it. And I think we should probably draw a line over it because he's not that type of player. Mm. But I think, in a way, it was probably the conclusion of quite a lot of niggles and late tackles and frustration. And I think he's reacted wrongly. But I think it's built up to that and he's, you know, it was silly. Yeah. Maybe you saw Ross Barkley and thought, I'm going to have a bit of this action. I mean, that yeah. is crazy as well, that yeah. Barkley thing. That was bizarre. But at least he got up and carried on. So yeah. he thought about it and was like, oh no. Yeah. Tompkins kind of went down here. and got up and thought, because <laughs> I watched it and I thought, 
when I watched the replay, I thought he had clipped Tomkins' hand, which Tomkins hit himself in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I generally thought. Are you trying to justify no, it? I was. No, I can't justify it. I don't, I don't agree with it. I think no, it's silly. It, was, it was cringeworthy, really. But in his defence, he's not really like that. And I think you're right in the sense that it was just a build-up of things. I think he just got carried away yeah. and, I don't know, maybe he'd sensed a bit of unfairness about some of the decisions. They were kicking Amalfitano all over the park and maybe he was just trying to... I know I'm defending him probably too much here, but <laughs> he was just trying to even up a bit, but yeah. he, he he won't get an Oscar for that no. acting. It was awful. Yeah, he just can't Maybe a BAFTA. <clears throat> and it's, watch, it's interesting to watch it back because he grabs his face, then goes down, and he thinks about going all the way yeah. down, and then he's like... I think he gets to his knees and thinks, oh, oh no, God, what am I doing? <laughs> People can see... They'll be able to rewind this. And, yeah. and then he just kind of comes back up and tries to, like, shake it off, but yeah. by that point, the damage is done. And I kind of yeah. made a point on Twitter on Saturday night, and the Again, it's a match of a day, right? But Shira kind of brushed off a Barkley one and then was yeah. so damning about Tompkins. It's because he held his face, yeah. though. Yeah. At least with Barkley's kind of... He thought he's about on, it yeah. and instantly kind of yeah. went back. He's sort of at pace. Yeah. You can kind yeah. of get away with it. A lot of players do. Yeah. If someone hits you in the chest and then you grab <laughs> your face, <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's unacceptable, really. Yeah, it is unacceptable. So yeah. we hope <laughs> we won't see that again. And I can't imagine we will do. Everyone would have yeah. ripped him yeah. for that in, in the dressing room after, so... But you're yeah. wit- I mean, you must be witness to quite a few. What is a banter like at West Ham? Is it pretty? You know what? Is it it's, pretty good? Because yeah. they'll be destroying him, won't they, for it? Oh, God, he will not get away with that at all. He, that'll be for weeks to come. <laughs> it, it's one of the things I really like about this West Ham team. It's I've never seen it, well, not for a very long time anyway, mm. the camaraderie. It kind of rem- reminds me of, of, you know, 2006, how they all were. Whether you like that team mm. or not, they did really well. Yeah. Whether you like the characters or the players that, that were involved in it. Um, and I think it's very similar to that. Sam is one of those managers who wants everybody to be together. He won't have clicks. He won't, you know... I think they're even talking about the the press officers learning languages and things like that mm, because he wants yeah. everybody to be able to communicate. So, and and they genuinely like each other. They genuinely like Sam, and they have a good time when you're watching them at training. I don't get to see them play too often, but mm. I, I'm at the training ground a lot, and yeah, they're a really good bunch of lads. Mm. We've never had one person who's worked uh, closely with the players or the club in the Allardyce era mm. that has been negative mm. about him and how he makes the players mm. feel. Yeah, yeah. and the, the team spirit is always Definitely. kind of... Everybody always talks about team spirit, but mm. when I've interviewed the, the, the lads, they're not just sort of saying it. It's not just a line. They mm. genuinely do like each other, and they like Sam as well. You can tell that. Yeah. They will play for him. They could have folded last season, but they didn't, and yeah. I think they wanted to keep him in a job. I think that yeah. was part of it. Um, it's Talking of interviewing players, have you interviewed Adrian yet? I haven't. I don't think his English is up there <laughs> enough yet. I've asked, yeah. but that was last <laughs> season. I don't know where he is with that yet now. Right. Yeah. I mean, in, terms, in terms of team spirit, he's up there. Yeah. yeah. He loves it, doesn't he? I know. He loves it. <laughs> it's funny though, like he clearly wants to join in with the banter, but his English, like you say, isn't yeah. there yet. So he's kind of like always on the periphery. That's mm. what you want to see, isn't it? Because that's yeah. what if you were playing for West Ham yeah. in the Premier League, yeah. it must be so exciting. Mm. And yeah. you know, that he kind of epitomizes that for me because he's yeah. so excited and happy yeah. to be there. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. And, you know, some sometimes he's he's not the best goalkeeper in the yeah. world, but you know, last few matches he's been really good and made some really good saves. And I just think 
I love him for it. And that's it's, mm. I don't think it's difficult to become a favourite of a fan's. You just show yeah. a bit no. of passion. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he's got it. Yeah. Just show you want to play for the club, the shirt, the fans. I think Alex Song has done really well as well yeah. in, in that sense, in the camaraderie sense, because some of the gear he wears when he turns <laughs> up to training, you've got to have a really thick skin to, to get away with it. And I think they, they really make fun of him. And, <laughs> but he doesn't care. You know, he, he said to me, I don't... I like to keep people guessing. If you think I'm going to wear a suit, I'm going to wear ripped jeans. And if you think I'm going to wear ripped jeans, I'm going to wear a suit. I was like, right, okay. But he 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 loves it, especially with the whole fashion thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, he he's he's a bit of a dandy, and I think he he gets off on that a little bit. And, yeah. and the players love it. <laughs> Has love anyone it, else man. tried to mimic his style? Has anyone had a I go? I don't yet? think anybody could. Really? I really Christmas don't. Christmas party. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everyone goes Alex Song. He can pull it off. He can pull it off. Yeah, I think he can. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want any boyfriend of mine <laughs> dressing like that. But, you know, he's a character and I think that really sort of contributes to the the spirit that they've got yeah. there. And, and he loves it when when they take the mick out of him. He, he really doesn't <laughs> care at it. all. Yeah. I mean, I, I wore some funky trousers when I went to interview him because I, I just thought, I'm going to get in on yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> you get the ones with the really low crotched ones where the crotches are like at the knee. Like they were just really, really, they were just a bit flowery and patterns on. I was like, do you like my trousers? I wore them for you. And he was like, yeah, not bad, not bad. <laughs> Should have worn some shorts, just rolled them up at the thigh, just to <laughs> mimic his style. Um, quick word to summarise on the Everton game. Were you disappointed, right. Bianca, with, with the result? Um, I was disappointed with the result, but I kind of expected it because it it's Everton. We haven't won there since 2007. But I wasn't happy... With the decision for the mm. first goal, I actually wasn't happy with the way we conceded the, their winner as well, really. Mm. I, I, I'm not blaming Tompkins, but he kind of like fell over a little bit too easily for me with losing the ball in the middle of the park. Mm. And then Collins had to do what Collins had to do. And, yeah. and But <laughs> it was a bit of quality for them. Yeah. But, you know, we, we definitely could have got a point out of, uh, out of that game. Mm, it's a shame. James, kind of final thoughts on the game? Uh, it's Osman again, wasn't he? He always yeah. scores against mm. us. Um, 120 years old he is now. Yeah. Amazing. 400 He's played 5,000 times <laughs> since they were first <laughs> since the door they were founded <laughs> in 4 BC. Um, it was a... Uh, I was disappointed. What is nice to hear, though, is it, it, essentially it was most of our team from last season yeah. In, in a, yeah, in a yeah, tough yeah. season everyone fought for their places mm. um, it's nice to come away from Everton and hear people say we deserved a point yeah. Yeah. We rather than to come away it, going we really? you know we didn't deserve it yeah. and that's so happened that's a few a times this season as well yeah. Yeah. so if we'd have got a point against yeah. Old Trafford we probably should have got more out of the Tottenham game yeah. so yeah. we could have even been higher yeah. than what we are now yeah yeah, that's a good point actually we should be on no, like the hundred and we should be top of the league <laughs> I remember was it after the City game we should have won you, the, le- after the league after the City game now. you turned to me and said I can't imagine us ever losing <laughs> <laughs> and now here we are love it <laughs> I still can't imagine it <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next guest has 227 games for the Irons, including 13 goals. He was capped 45 times for Northern Ireland, but of course, his most notable achievement was captain in West Ham to Inter Toto Cup glory in 1999. Welcome to the show, the midfield general himself, Steve Lomas. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, great, Hello, Steve. great, Steve. Uh, that Inter Toto uh, Cup team of 1999. We always ask this question, and <laughs> no one knows for sure. But did you get a medal for winning it? 
Um, no, I don't think we did. Actually, I think we got we got some little poxy trophy. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think, listen, it, it was thoroughly. Uh, to be fair, I look back and it was thoroughly enjoyable. It was actually off the back of finishing fifth in the Premier League, which mm. for a club like West Ham, you know, it was a fantastic achievement. And you know, back in the day, you you finished fifth. And um, you know you didn't get into Europe, whereas it seems well it seemed there for a period you're finishing down to eight from getting a getting a, a, a obviously a, a position in Europe. So um, so obviously it was disappointing not to get it on merit, but obviously two things it was it was a great little journey. I think mm-hmm. the fans thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, as well we, we hit the season hit the ground running because we had we had we had plenty of competitive football early, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you see, the, the time you spent at West Ham is between like 1997 and 2005, which is like such a crazy period in West Ham's history. But you joined right at the start in something of a relegation scrap and Hartson and Kitson got the goals to keep us up. But how much of a gamble was it at the time? Because we were on the verge of possibly going down. Well, it was, you know, and, you know, I'd turned down, funny, because Man City had got relegated the season before and um, I'd turned down a couple of moves I think Wimbledon and, and, and um, might have been Leeds um, and then obviously I wanted I felt a little bit obligated to stay obviously a young kid being at Man City from 12 I wanted to try and get them back up but you know we lost so many players it was quite obvious um, from early in the season that we were we, we weren't going to get up and mm. Alan Ball lost his job and then eventually Frank Clark came in and, and stabled the ship and uh, you know we weren't going to go down but we certainly weren't going to go up and um, you know I think to be fair I think eventually Man City as well with the, with the, with the relegation and the financial things um, wanted wanted some money and I think uh, you know West Ham paid two point six with it I think I think there was another maybe a million quid on appearances. So mm. I think it, 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 it was it was a good deal for Man City. Um, but like you say, yeah, it was. And um, it was a bit of a gamble because I didn't want to get relegated two seasons <laughs> on the spin. Um, so, but I looked, I looked at the squad and I thought, yeah, we, we've got enough, you know, and certainly with, with Kitson and Hartson and unfortunately Dixie. And, <laughs> and Dixie got injured just... Just before, you know, I came, which was, I think, was a hammer ball for the ham, you know, hammers. Mm. But I just felt with, with Kitson and Hartson and, and what we had, people like Mike Hughes, John McCurr, Slavin Bilic, I just felt we had enough, you know, and, and, and it proved to be the case in the end. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned a few there, but there were so many characters in that dressing room, like John Moncur, Bishop, Julian Dix. Was it, did you fit right in? Well, I, I, the, the good thing about it was there was, you know, Ian Dye was pretty influential because I actually sang the way in international duty um, and, 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 and seeing it over the line. But you had people like Michael Hughes, Keith mm-hmm. Rollins, you like you said, great characters and Johnny Hartson, Paul Kitson. Um, I think Harry, you know, I think in his time, you know, he gets a lot of criticism for signings, Wheeler and Dealer, but I think during certainly during the first five years of my period there, he got got the it right between the British core mm. and the foreign the little bit of foreign rather than a lot of clubs have, have probably went the other way and suffered so mm. I think we had we had a nice blend and like you say we had plenty of big characters who you know the good thing about it is they were winners you mm. know um, and they wanted to win and they great might have pride about themselves to play you know Bish great great player for West Ham you know nine and a half years Johnny Moncrier 
almost 10 years. Mm. Slav, Croatian international, big Mark Reaper as well, mm. you know, so so Ludo as well that, that served the club. So yeah, I think you're right, you know, I think that was one of the things Harry was, he didn't worry about bringing in people that, that maybe was seen as a little bit, little bit, you know, of a character and maybe wouldn't just be a, be a, be a sheep, you know, they'd, they'd have plenty to save themselves, but they'd back up and, and, and do everything for the cause, really. Yeah. And, I mean, you mentioned it there, there was a big British contingent, but, of course, there was, like, a golden generation of West Ham players coming through during your time, like yeah. Lampard and Rio. I mean, yeah. what what was it like to, to be around the club seeing these players come through? No, it was great. Obviously, Rio had made his debut, and Frank was probably just... He had made a few sub-pairs, but the big, mm. the big shout was Rio coming through. Mm. Uh, and you could see from the early day that he was, you know, going to be a fine, fine player. Um, Frank was, yeah, and you could definitely tell a lot of people go, oh, well, Frank this year. And it's sad about his dad, but mm. I don't care what anybody says. I knew Frank was going to be a decent player. Mm. Whether he was was going to be the player that he's become, and that's all credit to him. You know, in terms of his work ethic, but you knew that Frank was going to be a Premier League player. You could see mm. that anybody that says that he only get in the team because his dad just didn't see him work mm. uh, day in day out at his game. Um, you knew, you just knew by his attitude. Um, he was a winner and he wanted to get better. Uh, and all credit to him. Yeah, I mean, you were captain around the time that he may have been getting some some of the abuse that he later mentioned. Yeah. Did you have to yeah. put your arm around him at the time and say, you know? Well, that- we all just we all mm. just we stuck together. We had a nice little crew mm. then, you know. We had, like you say, we had a nice little mix. You know, we we all we organised Christmas parties. We you know we had housewoman parties around mm. at lads. We played golf together, you know. So we all socialised and we all we never excluded anybody. It was no clicks, you know. Mm. Everybody got stick and you know <laughs> we stuck together and and and, and like I said, yeah. Listen, we, we spoke to Frank, but but Frank Frank knew we all knew Frank was going to be a player. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it was as simple as that there. And I, I laugh when, when people go, oh, I only play because of his dad. Yeah. What a load of nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so going through like the, the big kind of key milestones in your West Ham career, one of the big ones was uh, at home to Aston Villa in the League Cup semi-final, Manny Gate. You, yeah. you were playing that night. Um, so when did, when did you first become aware of what had gone down? Listen, I think it was literally that <laughs> the night, the sort of day after when it yeah. was coming, that the singing and just absolute devastation, really. Yeah. You know, um, I think there's two. Obviously, the relegation was 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 a big one in terms of you know to get relegated with a team that got on 42 points, mm. a, a record, a record high. Um, was obviously the ranks for me um, the biggest, but but not far behind that. Number two was we certainly should have won the FA Cup mm. the year that that, that that we lost to Arsenal at home in the mm. quarterfinal penalties again. I think we had Wolves was the semi final and Newcastle in the final, and no disrespect to any of them two teams, I thought we would have we would easily seen that through. So. Mm. I think that for me, because I always remember Tony Book, who was my youth team manager, goes, listen, there isn't any time we played in the FA Cup. He said, you don't get many chances to win the FA Cup. Mm. And certainly at clubs like Man City and West Ham. And that, that, I believe, was my one chance to go and win the FA Cup. Mm. And obviously to to, to obviously miss out was, was a killer blow. And, and obviously the, the second one was, was the League Cup, where, yeah. we, where we had, you know, we had done the business and... Um, then, then Manny Gate, you know, which was just, 
just totally ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, you touched on it there, relegation with 42 points. But, I mean, you you were playing in the team as we rallied towards the end there. Did, yeah. I mean, did you see relegation coming? We were playing so well at the time. Well, I think the second half of the season, I think our points total would have would have had as a top six finish. But the, mm. the main, the real main problem was, and um, obviously the year before we had finished seventh, uh, but the seventh was probably masterly because it wasn't really to the last ten games of that season where mm. we we did really well. Uh, I think we picked up something like twenty points in the last sort of ten games. So we know it, that took us to seven from the Glen. And I think maybe, um, you know, and we had Paolo, we had Freddie, we had Jimmy and Defoe, and we had Trevor actually go off to the World Cup that season. Hmm. Uh, and what happened, I think Glenn actually went to, to, to the board and asked, he wanted to sign. He was the guy at Ipswich that, oh. that scored all the goals. Decent, decent Darren forward. Darren Bent? No, no, he was, he was more like a link-up player. Oh. Anyway, he, went, mm. he wanted to get a fourth choice striker because yeah. Freddie obviously had his injury problems. Paolo was 33. Jermaine had done his best work the year before coming off mm. the bench. And he, went, he wanted to, to buy a fourth, fourth striker and uh, for a million quid. And I think the board turned around and said, well, you've got Trevor Sinclair can, can double up. And he didn't do it. And sure, Sod's Law would happen. Freddie and Paolo get injured. Yeah. Um, Trevor has, you know, obviously a great World Cup and, and by his own admission, the next season really struggled for the first six, six months of the season. Mm. was really poor, whether it was he'd put so much into the World Cup and was tired, and, you know, but he was a shadow player. And, and, and unfortunately for Jimmy, and who had done his best work coming off the bench, was then asked to lead the line I mean, I think eventually, I think he, this is how bad it got. I think Ian Pierce played yeah. up front with him for about <laughs> ten games, and and Pierce he had done it before at Blackburn. And mm. to be fair to the big guy, you know, he's okay for a game or two, but for that sort of sustained period, it mm. was a it was a blow, and we really struggled. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we got people back, and the half of the season, you know, we were we were flying, but um, the damage had been done, and it it just goes to show you that. You know, the mistake was made in the recruitment side of it. Yeah, um, but but so I mean, Glenn Glenn uh, was removed towards the end of the season, and, and so Trevor Brooking came in to manage yeah. those last few games. And yeah. uh, I mean, did he give a lift to the players in the team? Well, I think the, the players are ready, like you said. Yeah. And, you know, from the from the turn of Christmas, the players had the bit between the teeth. But mm. it, it it goes without saying. And you looked at last season to, to West Ham this season. And, you're only as good as your front parents. Mm. You're only as good as your strikers. And, and last season, obviously, Andy Carr was out for long periods and, you know, didn't didn't have many other options. Carr and Cole eventually came back and, 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 and did well over a period. But it, you, teams only as good. You look at Liverpool this year, one man, you know, well, two men, because obviously mm. Sturridge is out as well. But look, look at the effect it has on Liverpool. And you look at any team... Any team that does well in the Premier League or any league, it's normally because the front two have got good mm-hmm. good qualities and they score goals. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, to, for a club like West Ham to lose part of the county owned Freddie mm-hmm. Canui for long periods and only have you know Jimmy and Defoe was only a baby, mm-hmm. and for him to, to to have to come in and lead the line, playing with 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 a centre half was just. Mm-hmm. You know, just I don't care what goes on behind that. It it just makes it such a 
a difficult ask, and it was a it was a very poor decision by the club to let that happen. Yeah. Um, in kind of happier memories, I mean, we've only got a season and a half left at Upton Park, but for me, the greatest match I ever saw was the playoff semi-final against Ipswich where we won 2-0. You were playing that night. Uh, the, to be in the crowd was amazing. What was it like yeah. to be on the pitch? Well, it was great, but when I learned, somebody actually asked me that the other day. I was doing a, a thing, a talk with Tony Gale, and, and I actually think we peaked, and I think people people actually felt it was all over them and I think mm. you know as, as a club and everybody we, we got a little bit complacent mm. um, with a final and um, listen it was a great game and Matty Edmonton scored an unbelievable wonder goal mm. um, you know because obviously um, we needed to win and um, I thought the, the crowd that night w- was electric you know um, I think the, the, the stadium had suffered a little bit from mm. when the new stand had been brought and we'd lost a bit of that atmosphere Mm. Whereas the first five years, I think we, we, I think to be fair, in the first five years we were there. We, we, I don't think we were even beaten ten times at home mm. in the first five years. Nobody, nobody wanted to come to Upton Park. Mm. Um, so I think yeah, it was a great game and the atmosphere was fantastic. But I look back in that now, and it's it's probably not the thing I think about. I think about that playoff final where, you know, three things: Stevie Bywater should see should see the shot. Yeah. Um, oh. Graham Paul missed the most blatant penalty yeah. I have ever seen on Michael Carrick. How he, how, how he never. And I, I've actually spoke to him since mm. then. He goes, he goes. I look back in it now, and he said it was so blatant. He said <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't think it was. He said, he said I don't know what I was thinking. And then <laughs> the, their uh, their goalkeeper made a save for me to, from an equaliser, turned one, you know. I probably squaffed a shot from about 20 yards and it was looked like it was going in and he saved it. So yeah. I can just remember that was oh, that was a horrible summer, you know, because oh. uh, for me, you know, probably that was my chance to get back in the Premier League and, mm. and obviously, you know, it was, it was a big bitter blow to, to, to take. Yeah, I mean, as a fan, just interesting you say that, because as a fan, I felt it was worse than relegation that summer. Was it the same for you as a player? Yeah, well, it was because, you know, the, the relegation, um, you know, the last 10 or 15 games, I was suffering so badly from, from an ankle problem, which was, I think I was injecting mm. at least once a game, maybe twice a game, um, to get through. And, you know, for me, I was 31 and I then had to have an operation on my ankle straight away and it wasn't done properly. So the operation that, that should really only have took three months, ended up turning into eight months, mm. and I don't think I really reappeared. I think it was to about February time right. um, under Alan Pardew. So it was a not only was a relegation, obviously there was an ankle injury that that, that, that should really have been it was only a clean out, but turned into eight months of absolute mm. hanging yourself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a great time for me. Obviously, we came back and and obviously I got I got fit again and and played. I think the last sort of ten or fifteen games and we, we made obviously the playoff final. But so to obviously have the 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 terrible relegation mm. compounded by the long injury, then the comeback and and then getting the playoff final. Thinking there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel here, Stevie, for all the hard yeah. work you put in to then go and put such a 
you know, we, we we weren't very good on on the day. I don't think Crystal Palace were very good, but mm. but you know we weren't very good. And I, I look back in that semi final second leg and thinking, did we peak? And as a club, did we think, oh, well, we've done it now? Yeah. Um, to, to kind of wrap up on a happier note, I might, I'm yep. going to ask you to pick your favourite goal as a suggestion. The one that sticks in my head: FA Cup away to Man City, driving yeah. it in from outside the box, and that celebration. Well, yeah, I think that's a new, you know, thoroughly enjoyable. Um, to go back, dual club. I think I scored twice against them. I think I scored at home against them when mm. we beat them four-one. Um, but yeah, I think going back to the cup. I think that the round before, uh, I'd been lucky enough to score the winning penalty against Blackburn. Mm. So you know, we, we were on. You know, that that was a year. I thought this is our year. Yeah. You know, we we'd scored the winner against Man City. We, you know, we got got to Arsenal in the in the quarterfinals. But yeah, I think going back to your club, um, you know, there was a few people that that maybe within the board let room I would felt let down because I'd showed, you know, great loyalty to the club, mm. um, and turning down a few moves. And um so it was it was it was like, yeah, well, there you go, that's what you get. So it was it was it, it was great and obviously scoring against a, a Northern Ireland international and Tommy Wright was um you know against against somebody that I'd uh, that I'd played with in Northern Ireland was was also an added little thing. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to chat to you, Steve. Thank you so no, much. My pleasure. Thank Thanks, you very Steve. Much, guys. Thanks, Steve. So, our next guest on the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast is a hard man to define. He's a long-time associate and occasional manager of the Clash. He's been associated with Ian Jury and the Blockheads in the past. He then became a record producer, but most West Ham fans will know him as the artist behind the punk pop-inspired pieces which follow the results of West Ham on his blogs is Satcha Daddy. He's also done the front cover of the Knees Up Mother Brown Volume 3 podcast. He's done the artwork for us. Welcome to the show, Cosmo Vinyl. How are you? Fine, is James there too, or just James you? is here as well, so we've got in the Hello, studio, mate. we've got James. How are Thank you? Thank you, James. How are you? All right, mate? And yeah, nice lucky, to speak to you. And you're a lucky man as well, because from Sky Sports, we've got Bianca Westwood. Hi, Cosmo. Oh, really? Yeah, lucky man. Hello. How are you, <laughs> Bianca? Pleased to meet you via telephone. <laughs> Pleased to meet you too, Cosmo. It's my pleasure. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Very well indeed. How are you? Very well. Um, and we, I mean, your artwork is brilliant, and we are such big fans. You've even had done a couple of exhibitions with it, haven't you? Yes, I've actually got an exhibition on at the moment um, under the modest title of There's Only One Cosmo Vinyl <laughs> uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, which is down south um, in the US. And um, I had an exhibition earlier in the year in Somerset, at a place called Watch It. <laughs> and uh, how can you say no to a place called Watch It, right? <laughs> yeah, well, just, you're in New York, aren't you, Cosmo? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from New York, where I live, and mm. which is really the, the centre, my home, the centre of my uh, West Ham fandom for these 20-odd <laughs> years. Have you got yourself and, to... Um, Go on. And home to... Um, Three, three West Ham supporters, both my lads <laughs> are Hammers fans, and, and my, my darling wife Jennifer suffers accordingly. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> Have you managed to get yourself down to the New York West Ham Supporters Club? Not really, because um, they usually it's in bars, you know, and my kids have been too young, but I might mm. actually start to get going now because um, my, my youngest boy, number two son Charlie, has just gone to college. Yeah. So um, 
maybe I can get down there now, but I, I started watching with the kids because, <laughs> you know, they couldn't get into anywhere, you know, yeah. to watch. So we started watching at home, and it kind of became a bit of a ritual, and, you know, it got a bit testy once or twice <laughs> with us screaming at seven o'clock in the morning over a goal. The neighbours are all running out in the building to see what's happened. <laughs> but they've got used to that now. Um, so tell us more about Is Such a Daddy. I mean, I'm a big fan. Actually, of... I think, I think, I've, I've not met the person, no. I think it's Sage. It's, sa- it's yeah. Sage. Because your it, daddy, I think, because um, it used to be if you took the district line yeah. to Upton Park, just past Bromley by Bow Station, there, I think it's a TV centre or something now. But it used to be, I'm sure the wall's still there, but painted on this wall, using massive letters with white paint and brush, pre pre spray can, used to say, "Is Sage a daddy?" Oh, and um. It was right there, and everyone used to go, what's that all about? And I never met anybody who ever understood what it was at all. Um, <laughs> at all. But um, since having the blog, and then I, I, I changed it from A to year because I didn't know if anybody might have used it in all these years, you know? <laughs> so I thought, right, I'll get the copyright on this. I ain't doing the work for nobody else. <laughs> um so I um, I called it his H.U. Daddy, and a bloke got in contact with me, and um, it was to do with his family. And, and the sage in question was an was a underground train driver, and uh, his brother painted it up there as a bit of a lark, which, <laughs> which like, like, like many larks, didn't go down too well. <laughs> That's, That's unbelievable. I can't believe you got to the bottom of it. Yeah, well, the bloke contacted me, so <laughs> so I did. I mean, when I had my first show in Oxton, I was worried like some bloke was going to come in with like a a crumby coat and a tomahawk and go like, "Who's been using my name around here?" <laughs> but but sadly, the the the, the, the Satan question has passed on. But yeah, his his son contacted me. Oh, wow. Brilliant. So, I mean, so how... it's become part of West Ham folklore, I hope, at this point. Yeah, and I mean, you've, you've certainly enhanced that with the blog. And I wanted to know, how's it been received? Because, I mean, it's so good. Well, it seems people that see it seem to like it. You know, it keeps me out of trouble, mm. you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of developed. It's just, it's, you know, one thing has developed into the other. Um, I used to send these postcards to a mate of mine, that moved from Clapham to, like, the bottom of a mountain in Canada. <laughs> and uh, he's a Chelsea supporter, and we've all got friends that are, are unfortunate in one way or another. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's wrong with him. But anyway, so I would send him these postcards, and they would either be slagging off Chelsea or, or slagging off West Ham for not doing well enough. <laughs> um, and, and with the occasional, the occasional celebration, of course. And uh, it just kind of developed from that. My my oldest son Jack said to me, "Why don't you put them on a on the computer? Put them on a web page because only Dick gets to see them." This was <laughs> my mate Dick. Okay. So so I put them on the thing, and then one begat the other. Then somebody said, "Why don't you do a exhibition?" And I was like, "Good luck with that." Yeah. You know. But then they got a gallery and. So it's just kind of rolled along under its own steam. Yeah, but I mean, it must be hard work putting together some artwork when we lose. Well, I, I, it was hard work. It's hard work in, in the sense that you know, you've got to focus and do it. The worst thing was when I first started doing it, see, being a big mouth, 
which has been both my uh, my rise and fall on occasions. <laughs> um, I immediately said, "All oh, right." Once my son said, "We're you know put it on the website." I was like, "I'm going to do one for every match," and um, in reality, I hadn't done one for every match to my mate in Canada. Do you know what I mean, I just done them when I was in the mood, yeah. and all of a sudden, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh no, they're playing on Tuesday." <laughs> you know, it was quite a bit of pressure, but now it seems to have. Um, I seem to have, you know, kind of got it in my stride, so to speak, and uh, I've got one on the kitchen table right now. Not finished yet. Oh, yeah. But um, I've got one on the kitchen table for um, last Saturday's game, and, uh, you know, it just... I guess I take a bit more care now than when I very first started out. It was just like, get anything. I mean, anything with the score on it will do, you know? But but now I try to... um, to take a little bit more care, I guess, or I'm a little bit more self-conscious now. Now I actually know that people see them. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, because got... I kind of didn't know that at first. I mean, my mate sent me a sent me a photograph of all these postcards I'd sent him stuck on his workshop door. He's a, he's a furniture maker, and and before then, I just assumed he kind of looked at them and chucked them in the bin. You know, mm. I hadn't even really thought about anybody like really looking at them. So. So be careful what you get yourself into. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got a big piece of artwork coming up in the next couple of years because it'll be the last game at the Bolin. And, I mean, you must have one eye on that, that piece of artwork already. Yeah, well, I, I actually do. Well spotted, sir. I do. <laughs> um, but it, 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 that will be regardless of the game. I'll yeah. have to say that will be the gar- regardless of the game because I, I fall into the camp that that accepts it's the right thing to do and will mm. cry like a baby yeah. when it happens. Do you think you'll be there? I don't know if I'll be there. What's the price on tickets going to be for that? Don't know. Oh. you have to do a few more exhibitions, won't you? <laughs> it's going to be going to be outrageous tons of money everybody from Essex is suddenly going to want to be there again <laughs> yeah, um, no no not that we don't have a lot of fans from Essex I don't mean that but what I mean is a lot of people that have moved away they're going to want yeah. to go one more time aren't they yeah, yeah you'd think so I would think so and and that's you know unless unless the, the, the ticket touts have suddenly got religion or something I'll assume <laughs> that they'll milk it for all it's worth yeah yeah I'm sure um, t- so last, lastly, this ex- this exhibition in Atlanta, Georgia, at the moment, we have a few we have a few West Ham fans out there who listen because we see the emails occasionally. But how can people come down and see your latest exhibition? Well, it's it's in a place called the Lighthouse, and it's in a um, a suburb of Atlanta called Decatur. But mm. probably the easiest thing to do is to either go to uh, CosmoVinyl dot com which is my new website that mm-hmm. Number One Sun is just finishing up as we speak. <laughs> Go to cosmovinyl.com or my gallery down there has a site called Buy, B-U-Y, British Art. Buy British Art. Excellent. But, but if you punch that in or, or, or Google Cosmo Vinyl Atlanta, you should come up with something. Excellent. And also, Cosmo, thank you so much for doing our artwork, yeah, which thanks, I know has gone down really well. People love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed doing that. I, I, I enjoyed doing that. It was a lot of fun. I mean, that's really the thing, and I hope that's, that's what they give up. I like doing it, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to capture something. I mean, just something of the, of the experience, because, 
Years ago, somebody said to me, supporting West Ham has got absolutely nothing to do with football. <laughs> and, um, I, I mean, there's some truth. That's not exactly true, but if you're a West Ham supporter, you, you know what that means. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's more to it than just the football. Although, fortunately, at the moment, the football is actually something we can discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Not doing bad. Not doing too bad at all. Very proud very proud and I think this is the best squad we've had in many a year excellent good a positive note to finish on Cosmo thank you so much for your okay, time this mate. evening we'll Thanks, get you Cosmo. up we're going to have you on right, again later this season care. bye ok you all take care come on you good luck come on you bye bye all right, that was Cosmo Vinyl, something of a character. I think you'd agree, Bianca. Oh, very much so. I absolutely loved his accent. It just reminded me of my family back in uh, Hoxton as well. Yeah, it is a Hoxton accent, isn't it? Yeah. Um, a clash, mate. Yeah, yeah. Speak. clash. Old school. Um, and also, I thought it was funny. Uh, sporting West Ham has got nothing to do with football. <laughs> I've never heard that before. But that's brilliant. No, but I get it. It kind yeah, of resonated all, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah. You're actually, you're right. Yeah, bang on. All right, let's talk about any other business. Firstly, Winston Reid off in the summer. Bianca, it looks like he might be on his way. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the inside track on this one, but my gut feeling is that he probably he will go. Mm. Yeah. I think safe, I think we should get a centre back in before he leaves as well. I'd like to see someone come in in January, mm. just sort of you know learn the ropes for the next few weeks. And I know we've looked into getting Dan Byrne, who's only twenty two, six foot six. Fulham have issued a hands off, but I yeah. think if the money was right, I, yeah. I don't think they'd be able to turn us down. So he for me would be a really good buy. Yeah. Will you be sad to see Winston Reid go, James? I will be, but I was enjoying that for a moment, the fact that we'd poach from Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was really relishing the idea of that. Yeah, poachers at last. Do you remember Fulham? <laughs> <laughs> six foot six, he sounds all right, doesn't he? Yeah. What, just Hang he's on, tall. it's not the Michael Jackson statue. We are 100% <laughs> sure. No, no, definitely not. He's not the finished article, but he's 22 and he's a, he's a big lump. And yeah. um, I think sort of working with the likes of Collins... He'll do all right. Yeah. Um, I would be sad to see Winston go, but he's, if he doesn't want to stay, he doesn't want to stay. Yeah. Sam came it. out and said it's all about money, yeah. didn't he, this week? Yeah. I don't think it's just money. I, he probably wants to play Champions League football, and yeah. as well as we're doing, uh, I can't imagine we will be playing <laughs> well, Champions League. We're just going to have to give him Champions League football. It, yeah, yeah, exactly, if, we, if we really want to keep him. But yeah, if someone doesn't want to play for the club, then yeah. as, as, you know, as good as he's been... You know, you just got to say good luck to you. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Liverpool? Yeah. I'd be surprised if he went to Arsenal. I wouldn't have thought he was an Arsene Wenger sort of player. No. Personally. And then again, you know, Thomas Vermeil and some of the rubbish they've had down the years. Mertesacker's not that. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Like, when they come from West Ham, usually, unless they're a, a, a newish kind of player mm. or an academy player, they don't tend to get picked up, do they? Yeah. Why would you go to a team below us? <laughs> <laughs> there is that. What's the matter with him? Um, I'm just going to make the most of this because soon when we tumble, I'll only be able to go on about yeah. a hull or someone him, or Burnley. you would only leave West Ham now to go to somewhere like yeah. Arsenal or Man yes. United, yeah. wouldn't you? You wouldn't yeah. go to Tottenham, for example, would yeah. you? No. Yeah. Where a lot of Even our players have gone over the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, speaking of shitholes, let's mention Wigan, because uh, Dave Whelan has uh, had a few comments recently, James. Joyful. 
Um, it's a proper joy for me. He always stuck his oar in during yeah. the Tevez saga. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, yeah. Interesting. 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 I think, essentially, he's just an old bloke who said, said something stupid. But... He's quite an arrogant old bloke, and I he's know. quite unlikable. So I don't have much sympathy for him. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. I guess it's like, nice to see an enemy of West Ham get get some attention for all the wrong reasons. I yeah, think. Wigan, Sheffield United, all of those clowns, <laughs> yeah, full of, in fact, all who are, of who all talking about compensation uh, yeah, to the Tevez yeah, affair yeah. have all suffered. So finally, it's had some time. Yeah, it took, I won't time. Forget. it took some time. But we, it took we, some years. We won. We, we won. won. Uh, I've got a question, Chris. Yeah. When I uh, listened to your podcast, I think it was last week or the week before, yeah. you said you were taking your missus to West Ham for the first time. Yeah, yeah, it did. How yeah. did that go? Um, well, she's she's from theatre, right? So she she made a number. <laughs> A number was of rookie mistakes. It was the Villa What, game. are you surprised that he's got a missus? <laughs> that's the first point. <laughs> no, no, so, no, that wasn't where I was going. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, it's a shock. <laughs> the first thing is she called half-time the interval. Right. She oh, called wow. the fans audience members. Right. Well, it's kind of is a theatre. That's kind of cute. Yeah, and I said, like, what would you do the to go... Theatre of dreams, mate. Theatre of Park, theater bowling, screams. Theatre of screams. <laughs> there was a, there was another thing. She said, "Why do the players keep falling over? Because it was a bit wet on the turf." Mm. So you know, but she seemed to enjoy. I taught her yeah. the Ludwig McClosko song, and she you never got she, out of globe. Did she like it? She Would she that. go again? She liked that, but she said it, she felt it was all a bit because you know when West Ham like we were trying it to score, it was a bit yeah. of a frustrating atmosphere. Yeah. Was so, it the same game? Really did the Dallas Cowboys go to that game as well? I think Not with Chris. Really. <laughs> yeah, no. they, they left with my girlfriend. Yeah, after the game. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the best of games to go to for your first one. But yeah, yeah. Do you remember your first game, Bianca? No, I don't remember my very first one because I was about six or seven. Mm. I know it was a night game, but I can't. I did ask my stepdad actually which one it was, but he couldn't remember either. Yeah. But I was I was sold immediately, and that was it. I yeah. used to go when I was eleven, standing on the north bank. It was yeah. a pound to get in. Me and my me and my friend on our own. That yeah. that was how uh, I, I was diehard back in the day. But I don't get to see West Ham live the, too often. Yeah. It's Sunday, Super Sundays. I can go or Monday nights, but. Apart from that, You're working. Yeah. Do, yeah. Is it is it tough working on a West Ham game if you have to? Like, is, I don't tend to do Premier League, so right. I've worked on a couple of. It was Carling Cup at the time. Mm. Um, I, I actually covered the West Ham Millwall game. You know when that all kicked off? Oh God! Oh, yeah, yeah I, I did that. I was doing post match interviews that game. But apart from that, no, I don't. Mm. The only game I've seen live this this season was Liverpool, and that was that was a joy. So. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. You got your money's <laughs> worth there. Yeah. Um, we should ask you about the. Bowling in as well because obviously we're leaving mm. what is your emotions there having been down there uh, it is going to be it's going to be bittersweet I think I, I, I'm one of those who, who would like to see us move on you know there's a lot of teams like Stoke Swansea have kind of got the new stadium and it's working out for them and I do I do think we need bigger crowds more revenues mm. and I think with Alex Song, when I spoke to him about it, that was one of the reasons why he decided to to join because mm. he was excited about the project and that that kind of made me hopeful that he'd sort of stay on mm. after this season. I, I, it's obviously not not definite. We'd have to see how, how we go. But it will draw bigger names and, you know, star players, I think, mm. than, than what we would do just at, at the Berlin, as, mm. as lovely as it is. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Alex Song dress the stadium. Yeah. Dressed he as should, the stadium. He should design the new kit. The idea of him dressed as a stadium turns up to football yeah. in, as the stadium. 
That'd be a hell of a costume. <laughs> like I'm thinking a dress, like the, the bowl area is like <laughs> the frame of the dress. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he would be able to pull it off. <laughs> if anyone can, he yeah. can. Okay, let's talk about predictions. So we've got Newcastle at the weekend. Mm. Newcastle, the form team in the Premier League. Who'd have thought that? Bianca's mad. I know. I actually, I've always liked Alan Pardew personally. Mm. I don't know how you two feel about him, but um, he brought us some really great football and, and an FA Cup final. So I was a bit disappointed yeah. with the whole furore from the, the Newcastle fans. They've got mm. every right to voice their opinions, but they've set up a company, God. sack Alan Pardew. I just think he's a bit over the top. I hate it when a team really, to the fans turn on a manager I mean, like that. I'm just surprised they can they know how to set up a company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. He's not going to go anywhere. Mike Ashley gave him the longest contract known to mankind. So I think they should have just, you know, not get behind him as such. You can voice your opinions, as we all know that everybody did with Sam last season. But give the guy a chance and it might turn around. And it has done for them. Having mm. said that, I hope we stuff them. <laughs> and I think we've got a good chance they've got to lose sometimes so yeah well what's your opinions on Pardew James I had swings and roundabouts with him I kind yeah. of I've, I loved him and then I really didn't like him and I thought oh I like it I don't I Why actually didn't you don't like know him? because it all turns so sour after yeah. such a glorious period mm. but and it's always peaks and troughs with, with mm, any manager know, though isn't I know, it but it was something I've never bizarrely I've never other than when he wasn't West Ham manager I've never hated or really disliked Allardyce, but I always mm. find that I, I went through times of party where I just thought, I felt that he brought the down his downfall at West Ham on himself a little bit. Mm. And that was really disappointing because it was like, I believed yeah. all his hype. I believed in you. I did. <laughs> more than just a club. <laughs> more than just yeah, a, more than When just he jumped a club. into crowd, <laughs> when he jumped into the audience. <laughs> the audience. Yeah. Just before the interval. Yeah, just before Essentially, the interval. he's a... I think he's, he's learned a, from that, though. He's a Hamlet-type character. It was yeah. his first sort of big job, wasn't it? And, yeah. you know, he's very Shakespearean, the rise and fall. <laughs> the rise yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a shame, it's a shame they wrote him out of the uh, West Ham... <laughs> Yeah. sitcom <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but the, this weekend what do you think Newcastle prediction, sorry. prediction I think we're going to win I think they'll score mm. I think we're going to win 2-1 2-1 ok James 8-0 <laughs> I mean, or 8-1 8-1 yeah, ok 8-1 uh, <laughs> no I'm going to go uh, keep positive uh, it's annoying that they're doing well and I've got yeah. quite a good defence at the minute, but I'm, I'm going to sit with Bianca, 2-1. Okay. Depends who comes back as well into the team. You, the do, you just don't know, David do you? David Gold tweeted, didn't he? He said, some of them have got a chance of coming back. Great. <laughs> right. Okay. He said, I think, Downing, I think Downing will be fine. I, I hope Song yeah. will be back as well. Yeah, Although Song and Song is West Ham United stuff was saying that yeah. they're out, for, some might be out all of this year and he was right about Song on Saturday. Yeah. I'm going to live look up David Gold now and see if he's updated yes, us. Yes, please okay. do. All right, well, while you're doing that, I'm going to predict a 2-0 West Ham win and I'd just love to hear everyone going crazy singing you're getting sacked in the morning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, I think they beat us 3-1 last season, didn't yeah, they? they? Kabai did. oh. and... Uh, Remy, yeah. was it? Yeah. So, yeah, it would be nice to get our own back on pards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Gold good. said, we have five. We had five players unavailable for Everton game. They all have a chance of making the Newcastle game, some better than others. 
Well, that couldn't be any more wishy-washy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> vague as you like. Yeah, thanks very much, David Gold. But suggesting, because usually he's quite good with bringing mm. bad news. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they want to keep that under wraps yeah. a little bit, you know, if uh, they don't want to prepare Pardew's yeah. team for him, do they? Yeah. So maybe they're just trying to yeah. keep it under wraps a little bit. Good. Rightly so. Good stuff, Bianca. Thank you very much for making your debut. It's a pleasure to have you no here. No problem. Thank you for inviting me. And you are on Twitter, are you not? I am. At? B-double-E Westwood. There we go. There I am. More West Ham banter to be had there. <laughs> uh, and James, thank you very much. My pleasure. You can follow James on Long As One. Yeah, or you can see me at the old Vic. <laughs> Treading the boards. <laughs> Treading the boards. <laughs> with Chris's doing, lady friends. Doing Everton 2, West Ham 1, the play. It's not, everybody doesn't die in here, yeah, do I'm they? Dying. I've written a three-hour, a three-act drama about <laughs> About West Tompkins Ham. faking about injuries. Tompkins. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Greek tragedy. <laughs> Oh dear. Excellent. And you can follow me, Chris, on CJ Skull, Skull with a C. You can also email the podcast at podcast at KUMB.com. You can go on the KUMB forum and there's also the KUMB Facebook group. And you can follow Graham, who's the editor of News at Mother Brown at KUMB D-O-T-C-O-M on Twitter. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Pleasure. We'll speak to you next week after we hopefully got three points off Newcastle. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.